0: Our patron program is our biggest contributor to offset the expenses of this podcast. Thank you so much to everyone who has chosen to donate. It keeps us pushing forward on this mission. I appreciate it more than you know. To become a patron member, if you're not one yet, click the link in the bio, and I am incredibly grateful for your support. Welcome to the Covert Narcissism Podcast. I'm your host, Renee Swanson. Hey, welcome to the Thursday show of the Covert Narcissism Podcast. When we created the idea of the Thursday episodes, it was for throwback episodes and guest episodes. And and the idea of the throwback is so that you can get the content that maybe you missed, you know, way back at the beginning. And at some point, even those beginning episodes do start to fall off. And so we just want to make sure we get this material into your hands. The other idea being, you know, that we have guest episodes that we intermix in here, but I have to admit, guys, I'm really sorry. I've been crazy busy. Well, I'm not sorry because I'm helping more people, but my group sessions have just have been full and my individual sessions, and so I've been a little busy with trying to get the guests lined up. But now I'm, I'm, I'm focused back on that and gonna be making a shift to get some more guest episodes into your hands. So I wanna hear from you. Do you have somebody you want on this episode? Somebody you are eager to hear and you'd love to hear a conversation between you know them and myself, maybe somebody that you've kind of been listening to or been thinking about. Just let me know, and I wanna hear from you by email, uh, my email address is Renee, R-E-N-E-E, at C-N-G, com. I will keep an eye out for those emails, and I can't wait to get more guest episodes into your hands. Why can't covert narcissists give some in conversations? And what to do about this crazy lack of give? In the last episode, I talked about the lack of give with a covert narcissist. And what do I mean by this? So the give I'm talking about is in communication, in conversations. And when we have conversations, we have little disagreements or miscommunications. I mean, that's normal. It's a normal part of life. When you give a little space for the other person to to also be right, or when the, the give that you offer lets them off the hook a little bit or to save face, when you're willing to carry some of that blame for the conflict or the issue or even the potential issue that's the give that I'm referring to. You might say something like, you know, I could have said that better. I'm sorry about that. That's on me. Or you might say, well, you probably didn't mean it that way. And I just misunderstood, you know, my bad. These are the kind of things I'm talking about where you just kind of, Let all the air out of the conversation. You let all the frustration kind of let it go. You allow that other person to relax some and drop their guard back down. And then the conversation can go forward. You can build trust this way with the person you're talking to. But covert narcissists cannot do that. They have an extreme inability to offer give. And that give is so necessary in relationships. So why, why is this, and what in the world do we do about it? I'm Renee Swanson, your host in the Covert Narcissism Podcast. So why do they have this extreme lack of give? All right, one thing you must realize is that the way a covert narcissist interacts with you is not about you. Now, let me say that again. It's not about you. I want you to think for a minute about your own situation. You're living with a covert narcissist, or you have lived with a covert narcissist, or you've had, uh, you know, some intense interaction with a covert narcissist, or you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. So I'm going to assume that you've had some of interactions with somebody who is a covert narcissist. Well, if you give them an inch in a disagreement or an argument or miscommunication, whatever, they take a mile. So I want to give you an example. I want you to imagine for a minute that you're in a conversation with a covert narcissist. You know, for me, it was my husband. So I I talk about it as a him, but that is not to take anything away from the people who have suffered at the hands of a female covert narcissist. But imagine for a minute that you're just disagreeing about a comment that he had made the day before. He had hurt your feelings with a remark and you decide to address it. So the the comment that was made might be something like you're a terrible mom and it was just said in the heat of the moment and you know when things were intense and it's nagging at you and and it's hurt you and you want to address it because you want to clear the air and and you want to improve your your relationship with this person so you bring it up you know the next day because you really want to fix this And so you say, hey, it really hurt me when you said yesterday that I'm a terrible mom. Well, gaslighting, if you haven't read about that yet, please do. And we'll talk about it, you know, in more of these episodes. But gaslighting kicks in. You know, one of the covert narcissist's main goals in life is to take absolutely no responsibility for anything at all. And this is where gaslighting comes in. So you might say, hey, it really hurt me yesterday when you said I'm a terrible mom. And Before you can even say anything else, you know, you might want to then follow that up and you're, you're, you know, starting to get started on this conversation. But before you can say anything else, he jumps in and says, I never said that. That's not what I said. Well, okay, you've made absolutely no progress in kind of explaining to him what you were going to talk to him about. And instead you're going, well, yes, you did. You know, when we were talking about our son and, and this this happened and you kind of explain the situation. Now you're you know, approaching it as though you're trying to jog his memory. And he's going, I didn't say that. I would never say that about you. I don't agree with it. So why would I ever say it? And you go around and around and around. This is that circle conversation that I've talked about in previous episodes. Well, you now realizing that you are not getting anywhere, nowhere. And you just want to move forward. You know, you just want to to start making some forward progress in your relationship and in your communication with him. So you give a little. That give sounds something like, okay, well, maybe you didn't say it quite like that then. And again, before you can even go further with that sentence, he pounces on that. Well, you never listen to me anyways. You always get my words all mixed up. You know, you really should work on that because it makes it so hard to be in a relationship with you. And he storms off. That tiny amount of give that you offered out there, that little olive branch of peace that you offered. And he pounces on it and drives a nail into your heart. This is what it's like living with a covert narcissist. Even the smallest amount of give is used against you. You give, you say, you know, okay, I may have said it that way. They pounce. And they say, I know you said it that way. You may give a little and say something like, I can see how you might have felt that way. And they pounce. Of course I felt that way. Anyone would. You made me feel that way. You know, you could give a little by saying, Well, I I really don't remember putting that there, but maybe I did. And they pounce. You have such a terrible memory, anyways. This is what I'm talking about. And over time, You simply learn that it is not safe to give in any of these conversations. The tiniest amount turns into an attack so quickly. Anything and everything you say can and will be used against you. Well, this is what the covert narcissist experienced in their childhood. They experienced this in the childhood under a parent or a significant person in their life. And they learned this as a child with someone that they trusted. You know, I've worked with thousands of victims of covert narcissistic abuse. And, and I add to that even my own situation. And it seems consistent that when they were growing up, they did not have the freedom to offer give to the other person. For my husband, it was his father. It was his dad that gave him absolutely no room for give. If my husband gave an inch his father pounced on him and drove it into the ground. You know, if he said something like, you know, in a, in a heated moment where maybe they're disagreeing and he says, my, my husband would say something like, maybe I'm not remembering this right, dad. Well, this is a, a child offering give into that communication, which is not the child's job, by the way. This is the parent's job to be able to demonstrate how we give in communication, how we how we build good relationship skills. Anyways, the child is offering this. Well, the father attacks. You have such a bad memory. How can you possibly be my kid? This child has now learned that give is not safe. You know, if he gives any sign of, you're right, dad, then it's all over. My father-in-law would pounce on that over and over and over. He was always right, and his child was always wrong. Well. Thinking about your current situation and how that affects you and how you've learned not to give. Now think about this with a child. This is a child. This is how that nurse, that covert narcissist of yours grew up and, and that overbearing mother or father pounced on their, any give that they offered. So they learned that give was never safe. You have learned that give is not safe with a covert narcissist. They learned this as a child. I'm not making excuses for them. I'm trying to better understand what's going on. Also want to better understand how to prevent this in our own children as they are growing up So they build all these layers of defense around themselves Even to the point that give no longer even exist Which is why it's so hard to get a covert narcissist or, or even just a, an overt narcissist all these different kinds of narcissists, to change Because they learned some of these defenses and some of these uh, ways of treating people from such a young age For them, give equals attack. Their lack of give has nothing to do with you. Their way of interacting with you now has nothing to do with you. It has to do with how they learn. Something they they learned as a child. They learned that it was not safe. You know, and when you learn that as a child, it sticks with you. Think about the phobias that people have, the phobias and fears that people have. You have a phobia, you know, somebody might have a phobia of of heights, um, of spiders, of bees, of um, tight spaces, closed in spaces, all of these. And those come, a lot of times, they come from childhood. Because something traumatic happened to them in a childhood, and it created such a strong reaction in them that it developed into a phobia. Well, covert narcissists have a phobia of give. You know, the Mayo Clinic says that specific phobias are an overwhelming and unreasonable fear of objects or situations that pose no real danger, but provoke anxiety and avoidance. The covert narcissist will avoid give at all cost, all cost, including the destruction of those around them, even the destruction of those that they say that they love a certain thing or situation triggers a strong fear reaction. Think of this child who just got pounced on by his father. It creates this strong fear reaction inside him. There's a part of the brain called the amygdala, and that amygdala warns the person by triggering a fear reaction then in them. And every time he or she encounters that same type of situation, that fear reaction kicks into gear. You know, fears and phobias develop when one experiences a particularly frightening experience, and especially if they have no control over the situation. So maybe we do need a new word. a new word that fits with phobia of give you know phobias are real they are real they are a real reaction to something even if they are not logical and people will often say you know i'm afraid of heights i know it's not logical but i'm afraid of heights because and it's because of something that happened way back in their past and and they it's not logical but it is absolutely real so how do you heal from this how do you as now the victim of covert narcissistic abuse How do you process this? How do you heal from all these attacks that you have experienced on the times you have given into that relationship? I'm going to tell you a couple here, and we're going to dive into more in future episodes. So I hope you'll hit that follow button, hit that subscribe button, and stay with me on this journey. So, one way is you have to accept that they are never going to accept your perspective. We often end up staying in the conversations with the covert narcissist, those circular conversations due to our own desire to help them to see our perspective, our side of things. We so badly want that middle ground, that reconciliation, and so we will stay. Yet no matter how good we get at explaining our viewpoint, that covert narcissist is never going to see anything our way. They are determined not to. In fact, it's their goal. So even if they do kind of see it their, your way, they won't. They can't. Because it would mean they have to give. And this is simply not safe territory for them. No matter how irrational, like I was saying, a phobia is, it's still very real. So no matter how irrational this may seem, what they are experiencing inside of themselves is very real. They cannot give in those interactions with you. Understand, this has nothing to do with you. A phobia of spiders has nothing to do with a spider that is currently in front of that person. That phobia comes from somewhere in their past. That current spider that's sitting in front of them had nothing to do with it. A phobia of heights has nothing to do with that person who is currently standing, you know, on a bridge or where, where they are currently standing. It has to do with the person. It doesn't have to do with the bridge that they're currently standing on. The phobia comes from somewhere in their past. The covert narcissist phobia of give has nothing to do with you and your current interactions with them. It comes from their past. So to begin your own healing process, you have to accept these two things. One is they are never going to accept your perspective. And the other is that this has nothing to do with you, your choice of words, what you did or didn't do, what you did or didn't say. None of that will ever change this. Now, I am going to close this by giving you one tactic that you can do when you have to interact with them. I recognize that sometimes we have to interact with that covert narcissist that's in our life. If you're married to them, you still have to interact with them. If you're parenting with them, you know, counter parenting with them, you're still going to have interactions with that person. And some of those can be extremely uncomfortable. So one thing I want to tell you, it's a tactic that I love and it works quite well in a lot of situations narcissists cannot stand for you to be right about anything they cannot give you that that's that's a give that definitely crosses that that line if they allow you to be right about something then they figure they're going to get pounced on those memories come back all the triggers come back they're going to be pounced on like that parent and that adult that was in their life in their past and so they cannot give you that room to be right and no matter what they will find a way to disagree with you. They will disagree with you on the smallest things sometimes, but it's just because they cannot allow you to be right. They have to put you on the defense and that allows them to maintain their superior position, their power, their control, uh, knowing that they are safe from that attack. So if you have something that you have to discuss with them and you know that it's very likely to get uh, heated or extremely uncomfortable, here's an idea. Before you ever begin that conversation with him, tell him, tell him something like, now, I know that you're going to get upset about this, or I know that this is going to make you mad, or I know that, you know, you're going to overreact to this, but I have to tell you this and then tell him what it is that you need to tell them. Well, now you've put them in kind of like a trap almost. They they're in a quandary. They cannot get mad. They cannot get upset. They cannot overreact because if they do, then they are proving you right. And a covert narcissist cannot do that. They don't want you to ever be right. So they will keep their cool just to keep you from being right. Well, great. That works out pretty well. You know, at the end, they might even say something like, well, see, I didn't react to that, so you were wrong. Well, who cares? Great, so, so I'm wrong. They're right. Great, I got what I wanted. What I wanted was to be able to tell you this information and not have you blow up at me. Now, you don't have to even point that out to them. When they say, see, I didn't react to that, you were wrong, then just say, hey, okay, you're right. Thanks. And move on. Let it go. Let them be right. What do you care? You got what you wanted. You know, yes, they think that they're right and you're wrong. And I understand that, you know, that kind of hurts. But don't they already think that anyways? The covert narcissist thinks that they're right and you're wrong already. And so if, if they just found another way to think that they're right and you're wrong, nothing really changed. It's no different than how they already thought. So you didn't lose anything here, but you did get what you were after. I want to be very clear about something here. I am not making excuses for any covert narcissist. I'm not telling you to feel sorry for them because they experienced all this in childhood. We all had some tough things in our childhood. I'm not telling you to stay with them in order to help them or anything like that. Covert narcissists are incredibly dangerous to your spirit, your soul, and your very being. I make no excuses for them. They have a responsibility to try to become a better person, just like you do. They have a responsibility to bring a healthy person to the relationship, just like you do. It is not your job to fix them or to save them. That's on them. You know, I've said it before, when you are teaching a full-grown adult the basic rules of human decency and compassion, then something is really wrong here. But I have found that getting a better understanding of what is going on helps the victims to better identify the abuse, to not feel so crazy, and to not feel alone and to no longer think that the problem might be themselves. I do firmly believe that when we get a better understanding of how covert narcissism develops in childhood, that we then can better help our own kids to not become this. So I give you a better understanding of covert narcissism in order to help you as a victim to heal and to recover and to help you as a parent to guide your children. I have several episodes that are coming up that focus specifically on how to help our kids as well as episodes on how to focus on our own healing. So I look forward to those episodes. I thank you again for joining us and I wish you much peace on your journey of healing. You have been listening to the Covert Narcissism Podcast with your host, Renee Swanson. Be sure to check out our website at www.covertnarcissism.com. There you will find many resources just for you to help you on this journey. You can also reach out to me by email at renee, R-E-N-E-E, at cnglifecoaching.com. Those letters are C N G as in covert narcissism group. I do look forward to hearing from you. I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing.